find our way to our seats. We're going to go ahead and get started here tonight. Well, last time uh, we discussed, it's been a little while because of, of Women's Day and stuff. Um, last time we discussed a couple of uh, really big ideas uh, that are going to coincide with this idea of the Disciple Makers course. What were the two big ideas we discussed last time? Two things. We went through quite a bit in detail. Two big topics. It's in your notebook if you want to cheat. Yeah, the first was conversion. The idea, right, that ultimately the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, judgment, and righteousness. And so we don't need to put so much pressure upon ourselves as though in the end our expertise or lack thereof is going to ultimately trip someone up or, or, or propel them into the kingdom of God. That God is in control of salvation. He will get the job done one way or another. But obviously, disciple makers is, an, is the idea that we want to do everything we can to be the people uh, that God wants us to be. So he might use us uh, to really help and encourage people uh, to be convicted by the Holy Spirit and to see the true message of salvation as revealed in Scripture. And there are many passages that talk about how we need to be equipped properly with the word and how we need to correctly handle it. Um, and I think as a church, we believe that that uh, is obviously part of, of, of what we need to be. Um, and the other part was the pers- purposeful questions, right? The idea that that one of the best ways to convey the truth of the scriptures is to learn how to ask good questions of those who are seeking God. So they might really think themselves about what the Bible is saying and apply it to their own hearts and thus become, thus become true seekers of God through his word rather than people dependent upon the church or upon us. Uh, to get that done. And so tonight we're going to jump on into the first uh, two studies. We have a study series, of course, called Guard the Gospel. And so we're using the Guard the Gospel study series um, as our template of scriptures. And we're encouraging everyone to learn those, those basic passages in each, in each of, the, of the Guard the Gospel series. Um, with each, each study, there's also a purposeful question worksheet. Uh, that I'll encourage you, as I already have stated, to do ahead of time, where you can actually think through this before we even have the class. And if you do that, I promise you, uh, you'll learn a lot of, of, of this about this method and, and about this, this way of doing this, and it'll become more and more comfortable and easy. Um, a couple things I do want to clarify. It's not wrong to teach people in a Bible study. It's not wrong to share personally in a Bible study. I think a good Bible study involves purposeful questions and teaching. And uh, personal examples that we can share with those who are seeking God. Uh, But we want to use the purposeful questions to kind of bring out sometimes the need for a personal example in our own life to make them think about theirs. uh, Rather than us just sharing about ourselves. It's ultimately meant to help them, right, to think about themselves. Um, And then then we obviously need teaching sometimes because especially in interpretation, the first question, the purposeful question, the what, a lot of times people aren't going to know. They're not going to know the... You know the, the cultural context of Palestine in the first century, they're not going to know that necessarily if they don't know the Bible. So it's perfectly fine to also teach people uh, the truths that are in the scriptures, but we're trying not to just do that. And our temptation, typically, and our approach typically can be just to teach people what they ought to see from this passage rather than helping them to see it. Because the Bible should be clear all by itself. They shouldn't need our interpretation and our insight to see what the Bible is literally just saying um, in these passages. Uh, so I just want to clarify that because uh, sometimes we can, you can hear something like this and you can kind of think, oh, no, I'm doing this all wrong. Or, you know, oh, I have to do it this way and start thinking that, that a certain approach is the best approach when I think at the end of the day, common sense will prevail. Um, so the purposeful question worksheet at the top of it uh, has the idea of, of thinking about the aim of the study. 
you know, what's the purpose of the study? Why are we going to share this topic and these set of scriptures, whatever we've decided to share? Again, the ones in the box on your sheet are just the ones that will be on the quiz. If you want to graduate from Disciple Makers, we want to encourage you to memorize the book, the chapter, and what the scripture basically says in, in that box. Uh, but you can use many other passages. There's a list of additional scriptures at the bottom of each page that you could use. And you could add your own. You might already have your own. You may not need you know, the ones that are in that particular box. Um, and so, you know, what's your aim? You know, what, why are you using these scriptures? We need to ask that question right before we have the study. Uh, does our friend know why we're studying those scriptures with them? Have we explained uh, the very purpose of why we're getting together to teach them these passages and even just the studies um, in general? That's always a good way to start with someone. We talked about that last week a little bit. And again, remember, it's to expose misconceptions and to inspire uh, the seeker to biblically pursue uh, blank. You know, what is it? You know, we want them to seek God, for example, with all their heart. That's why we might do the Seeking God study with someone. Uh, we want them to really make the Word of God their standard for what they believe about Christianity. That's my, why we might do the Word of God study right uh, with someone. Um, and every scripture uh, you study should help uh, you achieve one or both of those aims. And so if you're going to use scriptures, they should, they should come back again to that aim. And that's why you want to think ahead as to what scriptures you might actually use and where that person's at. No matter where they're at as you're teaching them more and more um, about God. And of course, in the end, hopefully they'll get... Uh, the aim. They'll get uh, the message uh, you know, of that particular study. Uh, the purpose of question wedge, again, just to review, uh, you know, it's just based on three kind of uh, series of questions. There can be several. There can be many. You don't want to overdo it, obviously. You can spend a lot of time on, on one passage if you get really into this. Uh, but another way to, to break this down, uh, we didn't get further into this last time, the interpretation is the, is the what. And, and you want to think to them, there and then. Those people in that time in this context, when they heard Jesus say this, what would they have been thinking? What, how, how would that have made, made them feel? How would that have been, have been you know, seen in their world at that time? That's, that's biblical interpretation, right? Um, they also call it exegesis, uh, the scholars. Um, and then the application is the next step. Once you, once you establish clearly what, what this passage, what it was saying then, what it meant then, then, then you take it to here and now. See it happen now. What, what does it mean now? That's the how, right? And then the last thing is the contemplation, the why. It's really considering, you know, what are the obstacles? You know, why might this be challenging to seek first the kingdom above all else for you? Uh, it's also, what are some of, what are some of the, the motivations? You know, why, why, would, why would seeking first the kingdom be worth laying aside everything else? You know, it's those kinds of questions. Um, uh, that we want them to consider. And so that's just a review of that really quick. Um, as I've already said, to graduate from Disciple Makers or not is up to you. You don't have to uh, take the quizzes. You don't have to, um, you don't have to, have to uh, pass them. Um, even if you take them, you can just try. Um, but the, the, the idea is just... Oh, I just went too far. Sorry. The idea is just to get a 70%, uh, 7 out of 10. Uh, there will be 10 questions on each quiz. Just get a 7 out of 10 on average. Uh, and again, it's going to be book, chapter, and what it basically says. Um, and so it's multiple choice. It's not that difficult. And hopefully you can realize the advantages of memorizing Scripture for yourself, first of all. Uh, and then as you memorize more and more Scripture, when you're in a conversation with a seeker, they're starting to pop in your head already. Because you, you, you oftentimes might prepare, but then something comes up and you actually don't. You haven't prepared 
that particular topic or that particular question at all. But, but because you've been memorizing scriptures and you've been learning scriptures and different topics and areas through disciple makers, suddenly scriptures will pop up in your head. And then, and then you know immediately where to go in the Bible because you at least know the book or the chapter. Sometimes I just know the book and I eventually find the chapter. Sometimes I know the, the book, chapter, and verse and I can go right there. Uh, and that's okay. Um, and sometimes I just say, oh, I don't know. I have to get back to you on that because I don't always know the, the answers to the questions either. Um, and so the initial studies uh, are what we're going to look at tonight, and, and I'm saying initial by these are the first few, uh, you know, kind of uh, pilot studies, if you will. Uh, and I think the idea behind seeking God is, is is obviously to encourage people to just pursue a relationship with God, or to to reinvigorate someone to stud, studying, uh, you know, the Bible with you again if they've stopped studying. Um, but it's obviously less challenging to just talk about the, the, the reward of seeking God. It's less challenging to just talk about the Bible and what it's for and how it's used. Uh, and so it's a great way to kind of let them get to know you a bit spiritually and you to get to know them a bit spiritually. So they're a good way to start. I don't always do seeking God with people. I don't generally do seeking God personally unless I think they're not, they're not really sure they want to seek God. Then I'll try to help them see the value of seeking God. I'll oftentimes start with a Word of God study and I'll combine a Word of God study if they, if they really believe the Bible is the standard, I'll, I'll then jump into something else, usually with the Word of God study. But that's just the way I like to approach it. But if they don't believe the Bible is the Word of God, I'll have a really good, thorough study on the Word of God. But I'd have to ask them a lot of questions before I even know what to do with them. And that's why these initial studies can bring out uh, kind of some foundational questions. Because you don't want to study the Bible with someone who's not really interested in seeking God. So maybe we need to talk about seeking God. So hopefully that, that, that makes sense. Um, the Seeking God Study. Uh, that being said, you can turn to that page um, uh, in your, uh, your notebook. Um, you know, the aim, again, is to motivate people, to equip people uh, to really pursue God. Uh, we want to motivate them uh, based on, on the Word of God to really go after God in their life and to see that it is a great reward. It's a great reward uh, to seek uh, and know God. And again, you can consider uh, using a few scriptures in seeking God. And if you feel like they're really they're really keen, then you can jump into the word study or discipleship, depending on the person. We'll talk about discipleship. And I know we used to we used to as a church teach it usually very heavily in the beginning of, of studying the Bible with someone, but I think some people now use it more toward the end. And we'll talk a little bit about when is it wise to use it more toward the beginning, when is it wise to use it more toward the end, um, when we look at discipleship um, next time. And again, just to restart someone who's been studying that might it might re-motivate someone. Um, who's kind of gotten stuck or has kind of walked away um, you know, from, from the particular uh, 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 pursuit of God they were having before. Um, and so, so with seeking God, uh, I, I think the, the, the aim is pretty obvious, but what are some of the misconceptions do you think that are out there? What are some of the misconceptions, this is now your time, what are some of the misconceptions that the seeking God study could maybe, could maybe clarify or clear up for people? Can you think of any of those that it might be helpful for? The Bible is a world of fiction. So the Bible is big. Okay, yeah. The Bible being myth. Well, that might be more the Word of God study, but in the Seeking God study. Seeking God study. That you can find God. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a huge one, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's one of the greatest challenges oftentimes for someone to really seek God is making it the first priority in their life. Okay. Okay. God's already sought us in many ways, and so we don't need to wait for him to... He already has, yeah. Right, right. One more. One thing is also that we actually do see something, like 
Yeah, we're all seeking God, really, but we just don't know it sometimes. Okay, yeah, lots, lots of things there, lots of misconceptions. We'll move on. Um, so what we'll do is we'll read through um, all these scriptures that are in the box uh, there in your, in your notebook uh, just real quickly together. Um, and then we'll actually spend some time uh, doing some purposeful questions in Matthew 6, uh, just verse 33. So can I get some readers? So again, uh, you guys really need to participate. We're going to do some role-playing as we get more and more into this class. We're going to break up into pairs, and it's going to get interesting really fast. Um, but don't be nervous. Um, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 13 to 14, can I get a reader for that? Rory. Thank you. So yeah, a, a great promise we want to convey from Matthew 7, verse 7. Uh, and then, of course, a great warning that, you know, many, many, many may, may try, and that road is very broad, but only a few uh, actually in the end find God. Uh, so a, how many actually seek him is a great, is a great, a great question uh, that can come out. And, and again, we're not going through the personal questions yet, but we'll do that here in a moment. Luke 13, 22 to 30 is another great passage in seeking God. Who wants to read that? How about a sister this time? Wamba. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking at Thank you. Yeah, this idea that you know that last question there is a great it's a great uh, it's a great contemplation question on the board there. You know why is it so dangerous to simply try? You know people they, they will try to enter but they will not be able to. And this idea of of maybe making every effort. The Greek phrase there is agonizomai. It's where we get the English word agony. You know this great effort. And of course if we're going after heaven. What, what, what would be more important to, to go after than that? You know, the, you know, and so again, it's a great passage to motivate, but also really help people think about not, not playing games uh, with, with, with their salvation. Um, so Matthew 6, uh, we'll come back to that here at the end. Uh, let's, let's read Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Some great parables about the kingdom of God. Can I get a brother to read that? Derek. Matthew thirteen forty four to forty six. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hid in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found them of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought. Thank you. So yeah, just a couple of simple parables to describe how incredibly valuable the kingdom of heaven is. And in an age of materialism and wealth, it's not hard to think of a lot of good analogies to make people think about how, how much effort they would make. I always use the analogy. If, we were, if Say I told you I've, I've hidden a million dollars in this room and the first person to find it can have it. You know, and, and, and I say, you know, start now. How would you pursue, if there's 30 people in this room, that million dollars? You, you know, you'd be knocking people over. You'd probably sin, you know, really quickly because it's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money. You know, that's a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, again, you know, this is an inspiring passage. Uh, and there's so much there we can draw out uh, through asking the right kinds of questions. Do you really understand and believe the trade-off, um, you know, in, in, in that contrast between sacrificing everything in exchange for something that God is ultimately offering you uh, in this? This parable brings out a lot of those those deeper questions. Um, Acts 8, 26 to 40, we won't read through just for sake of time um, because we want to get through the the Word of God study too. Um, Of course, it's an example of a great seeker, a great example of someone who really sought God, the Ethiopian eunuch, a man who uh, went to Jerusalem to worship but wouldn't have been allowed into uh, uh, it except for the first court of the temple because of um, his situation being a eunuch. Uh, and someone who was, who was already religious was reading his Bible, yet he, he was humble and he was willing to be guided by someone else. And he was willing to really accept what it said quickly. Look, here's water, he says at the end. Why shouldn't I be baptized? On the road as soon as he hears the message. Uh, so that could be a great example. And a lot of great, again, questions could be drawn out as to how we could... We could apply that to our lives. Uh, that's a great passage. We'll look at Matthew 6, um, 25 to 33, and then we're, I'm going to ask for um, some volunteer uh, interpretation, application, and contemplation questions from the audience here. So get, be thinking about that as we go through it here. Matthew 6, 25 to 33, uh, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And uh, for sake of time, we won't... uh, Go through the whole passage, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of grab onto that last verse, verse 33. And so let's think of some, some, some questions uh, based on uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. Um, uh, the first being interpretation. Here's one sample of that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. A great interpretation question would be, what did it mean for this audience to seek the kingdom first? Uh, so that would be an example of an interpretation question. Um, from that passage. Can anyone else think of another interpretation question just from verse 33 there? Because there are more. But that's, that's, the, that's the obvious one, right? And sometimes if you're really stuck and you don't know what question to ask, you could say, this is kind of a lazy version of, of personal questions. You could just say, Katie and I were talking about this on the way, way to church. You, know, you could just say, 
What do you think this meant to them back then? <laughs> you can always just say that if you're, not, if, you're, if you're struggling to think of something. And at least that gets the ball rolling, and eventually you might be able to think of more pointed questions. Any other interpretation questions, though, from this, this verse? Jordan. What does the scripture mean by all these things? Yeah, well, what's he referring to? And, and, and you go back earlier in the verse and you get the answer to that. Yeah, that's a great one. Well, um, what do you think is his righteousness? What do you think is his righteousness? Yeah. What would that mean? What would that look like today? Right. What, what is his kingdom? What is that? Yeah. Do they, do they even understand what that means? Some of us probably need to maybe brush up on that one. That's a deep, that's a deep question. Yeah. So yeah, so there's lots. So that's four, just off the cuff. We haven't. Even, maybe you guys prepared those. Maybe you haven't. Um, there's a lot there, just in the interpretation, uh, in just one verse, and that's why this can this can bring out so much meaning. So so as you get this context and, and, and you help them really understand what people would have been thinking back then when they heard this from Jesus, well then you roll right to the next section, right, which is the application. So then we we come into our lives. How are you going to make God's kingdom the first priority in your life? That of course would be. Uh, much more appropriate question for someone who's not religious at all. If someone is religious, that might be an offensive question. So you might have to word that a little bit differently, but that's an example for someone who's just really a, a blank slate and is just looking to seek God um, in their life. What are some other um, application questions? So we're getting into the, the here and now for us based on the interpretation. Brian. What, what's important to you? Yeah, that's a great question because they're thinking about their life. Yeah, and what would be a good follow-up question to that? Yeah, would, would would God would God be in that picture? Would God consider that important? Yeah, Chris. How can we be righteous today? What does that look like? I, that's always I love to say. What, that, what would that look like in your life? What would that look like today? Okay, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if we're, if we're getting to know their life and then this person, we might know, oh, there's going to be some obstacles, some hindrances to them seeking first the kingdom. And we might really relate to that because we were in the same boat at one point. And so we might be able to share from our own life a bit personally before we ask some of these pointed questions about how to apply it to their life, and it'll make them maybe connect the dots. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, how do you spend most of your time? Yeah, what, what, what are you pursuing first and foremost in your life right now? If you had to give an answer, what would it be? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, these just start to flow so fast, right? Um, you guys are doing great already. And then contemplation, why will this decision be hard initially? Is a, Again, just a, just a, a simple, you know, this is an obstacle kind of question. Not a motivation question. This is, an, this is an obstacle kind of question. Can you think of some other contemplative obstacle type questions with that, with the why? What are some other questions to bring out with obstacles? Ellie? Right. Why, why would you want to seek God's kingdom? That, yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to seek God's kingdom? Um, well, how do you think of what, what do you think of friends will, uh, will be once they see that you? This is what you think. Ah. Uh, yeah. And he didn't use why there. He used what, and that's okay. Yeah, okay that's okay. No. 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 That's good. That's good. What do you think your What do you think your friends will do 
If you put God's kingdom first, is what basically Martin just said, and he didn't. You don't have to. You, you don't have to use. You know what, how, and why. That's that's not required. So that, that's perfectly. That's why I pointed that out. That's why I pointed that out. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Ooh. Whoa. Reality setting in really fast when you start thinking about your social circles, right? If you have not been putting God's kingdom first. Oh yeah, dude. He says he's. And I mean, here he's talking about life and death stuff, clothing and food and shelter. And do you do we really believe you know that God will take care of our needs? Is that something you you believe will happen? Yeah, that's that's a great question. That'll, that'll expose a lot of faith or lack thereof that someone may have at that point. Yeah, so you guys are doing great with this already. You don't need you don't need a lot of guidance here. Maybe 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 I'll just let you guys teach the next class. This is good. Um, again, there's some additional scriptures there. We won't run through this for sake of time. Uh, you know, there's lots of great passages. Jeremiah 29. Um, uh, you know, so so many great passages on seeking God and how how inspiring it can be. And so, I think you want to make it challenging, but you also want to make it inspiring. I think every Bible study, to me, even the sin study, should be challenging and also inspiring. Uh, you know, we have to learn to. It's always got to be good news, right? It's always got to be good news as we share the Bible with people, not just heavy, challenging, you know, hard things to hear. Um, we always got to make sure we combine that uh, as much as we possibly can. And sometimes, amen, it is challenging, um, more, more than encouraging uh, because of where people are at. Uh, and the word study. Uh, the word study, Romans ten seventeen. faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Uh, and so the aim is, is, is to help them to really put the Bible, put the Bible as the standard in their faith, in their life. Uh, that's the biggest aim of the word of God study. And, of course, it deals with a lot of misconceptions. Uh, you know, accepting the Bible as, as the standard for our Christian faith rather than our feelings, our experiences, our peers, our family traditions, uh, so on and so forth. Even, even what the church that we go to says. Because, again, the Word of God supersedes. It supersedes all those things. And the Word of God study is meant to really challenge that foundation in people. You know, or, or, or say this is what the foundation should be. Right, if they don't yet have the Word of God uh, as a foundation um, in their life, uh, and so the aim and the misconception there is pretty obvious, I think, in the Word of God study. And I highly recommend, whether religious or not, to do some of the Word of God scriptures with people because I think again, it, it kind of gives you know, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about us. It's just about what does the Word of God say, and then. And, I, and, and it's always great to kind of preface it. If the Bible pointed out something in your life that was definitely not aligned with the Bible, would you change it? It's always great to start with those kinds of questions and see where they're at and what they really think about the Bible and what they really think about having a standard um, in their particular life. Second uh, Timothy 3 uh, is a great passage. Someone want to read that for us. Second Timothy three sixteen to 17. Someone in the back. I see you guys back there. It's not that big of a room. But in the back, want to read. What do the teens maybe want to read? Come on, teens. All right, Tim stepped up for you guys. Next time, you're not getting off, though. Go ahead, Tim. Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17. Thank you. Um, yeah, lots of great questions uh, that can be brought out uh, through that particular passage. I, I love the one in the paragraph there. Have you trained for anything in life? 
um, and what principles of training, uh, you know, ensured your success or ensured your failure? You know, those are some great, you know, kind of, you know, uh, application questions. Um, because everyone can, has, has done something like that. They've trained in something, right, whether it be athletics or, or school um, or clog dancing or, you know, whatever. Um, Hebrews 4, uh, 12 through 13, a very challenging passage. This, this passage still gives me goosebumps when I read it sometime for myself. Because uh, it's, it's, you know, God, God's word, it really does uh, reveal things. In Hebrews 4, 12 to 13, someone read that for us. Tim. Yes, and so the Word of God, you know, it it, it penetrates, it exposes us, um, and, it, and it causes us to account our hearts and, and even our very thoughts to God himself. So that's a very powerful passage. A lot of deep questions, meaningful questions can come from that passage um, alone. Um, 1 Timothy 4, uh, 15 to 16. Sorry, I, I went backwards. 1 Timothy 4, 15 to 16. Someone want to read that? Francesca, thank you. One of the teens stepped up. Awesome. Yeah, what does it look like to to watch your life closely? What does it look like to watch your doctrine closely? What happens when we look at one closely but not the other? And that's a great that's a great conversation, you know, practically speaking. Um, and the interpretation here is just as vital because, you know, who is Paul talking to? As he writes this letter, he's talking to Timothy, a seasoned evangelist who he's been training for about 15 years when he writes First Timothy. Yet he's he's challenging Timothy to watch his life and his doctrine closely. So you, you get the interpretation there and then you think, wow, that's intense. And then take that to us. 2,000 years later, I don't know anybody here who's been trained by the Apostle Paul for 15 years. I think none of us have been trained by him for 15 seconds. And so how much more does that, you know, wow, apply to our lives? And again, that's where you can personally share. You know, I know for me, you know, wow, even still as a Christian. And you can bring some personal sharing out there. And again, we should be soft. We should be as soft to these scriptures uh, as, as our friend who, who, who is seeking God uh, as well. Yeah, great passage um, and one that I think is, is a staple. Uh, I always use that in the Word of God study. I always use 2 Timothy 3. I always use 1 Timothy 4. I don't always use Hebrews 4. Um, and again, it's up to you what you think is, is needed and what is necessary. But those two to me are staples because uh, it really establishes a foundation uh, in First Timothy and Second Timothy, uh, uh, about the Word of God being the standard by which uh, we we judge our lives. Um, uh, John eight thirty one to thirty two, uh, Jesus said, "If you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Uh, very, very easy passage uh, to bring out. Uh, you know, again the. The application, but the interpretation again is vital because in verse 30, which is not actually part of the memory, verse 30 says, To the Jews who have believed him, you know, to the Jews that believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And so, again, getting the context of who Jesus is talking to, they're, they're Jews who believe in Jesus, yet he still says, You got to hold to his teaching. 
It's not good enough just to hear the Word of God. We've got to apply it to our lives. And so, again, asking those questions can be so powerful when you start to practically uh, then get into it for their life uh, and even as you share about yours. John 12, 47 to 48 uh, is another great passage. Uh, this is, could be a staple as well, and it's maybe a bit more straightforward. Someone want to read that for us, John 12, 47 to 48. And then we'll spend some time. Um, we'll pair off here, and we'll do some role-playing in groups of Maybe maybe groups of three or four tonight. We'll, we'll eventually we'll get down to one on one in the crowd, asking each other questions. But we'll start with three or four tonight um, in our remaining time. Uh, John twelve forty seven to forty eight. Someone to read. Mova. Yeah, and so this is Jesus speaking, speaking generally, speaking universally about why he came, uh, and then ultimately about what his word in the end on Judgment Day will do, and, and it's very clear it will judge. And, uh, and so this is a very, very powerful passage again to lay that foundation of the word of God. Ultimately, has got to be what we want to make as our standard because on, on Judgment Day. We'll be held to an account of what, what Jesus actually said. That's what's going to matter, not our church membership card or how many great deeds we've done, which is often you know, uh, some of the confusion that the Word of God study uh, can clear up. And so we'll, we'll finish out here um, with Acts 17, going on to some purposeful questions here. Um, and so we're going to close out our time here in Acts 17, verses 10 through 11. It says there in the passage... Uh, in the book of Acts, it says, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So let's break up into groups of three or four. Um, if you're visiting with us tonight and you're completely confused right now, just go with your friend or the person sitting beside you. It's okay. We've been doing this for a few weeks. Don't worry. You'll catch up. Um, and uh, let's break up in, into groups of three or four and just think of some interpretation questions, some application questions, and some contemplation questions. And if you've already done your purposeful question worksheet, you might already just be able to share off your sheet. So let's do that as quickly as we can for a few minutes, and then we'll wrap it up.